That's simple human sense. I'm Harold Clark from Clark Property Insurance. For all your insurance needs, go to ClarkINS.net or call 931-7100. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for the setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on the ticket. Here are your host, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in to the setup. A Monday, what is it, October eleventh edition of the setup. Cade Carlton. Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3 and 96.9. The Ticket, AM 970, KNEA, 95.3theticket.com, and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. You can also find us on Twitter at 95.3theticket and Facebook.com slash 95.3theticket. A lot to get into on the show today. Uh, We'll... Go over the college football slate from the weekend, talk MLB playoffs. We'll go over the NFL. Uh, there's MLB playoffs going on right now, so we'll get over that. Uh, some A-State news came out over the weekend. Uh, a couple of other A-State teams were in action over the weekend. So a lot to get into on the show today. Uh, but before we do anything, Andrew will get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Midway point of the season and the bye week have arrived for Arkansas State football. The Red Wolves are looking to reset after losing their last five games. One main focus for the team will be health as quarterback James Blackman, defensive tackle Terry Hampton, and defensive back Sammy Johnson all left last Thursday's game with injuries. A-State is off until Thursday, October 21st when they face Louisiana at Centennial Bank Stadium. Meanwhile, it took a full 60 minutes and almost 1,300 yards of offense to decide it, but Arkansas suffered a 52-51 setback to 17th-ranked Ole Miss at Oxford on Saturday. The Hogs scored a touchdown on the final play of regulation but could not compete, complete the two-point conversion that would have won the game. With the loss, Arkansas falls to number 17 in this week's AP poll. MLB playoffs are underway, and the current series records are Brewers and Braves are tied 1-1, and the game is currently happening. Brewers or Braves are up 3-0 in the bottom of the fifth. Jocktober. Jocktober, baby. Uh, Giants and Dodgers are tied 1-1. Next game is tonight at 8.37 p.m. Rays and Red Sox, Boston's up 2-1, and the next game is today at 6.07 p.m. And finally, the Astros and White Sox. Astros are up 2-1, and the next game is tomorrow at 1.07 p.m. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. Yeah, Jock Peterson just hit an absolute nuke to to right field. Three-run home run for the Braves. They're now up 3 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. One I'd out. See it. One out, uh, runner on first. Um, and uh, right now threatening to go up 2-1 in the series. A pinch hit, three-run home run for uh, former Cub Jock Peterson uh, in the uh, NLDS this afternoon. So, uh, that's going on right now. Uh, we'll we'll talk more baseball as the show goes on. Uh, but uh, it was a wild weekend. It, it was a wild sports weekend. It was one of the better sports weekends. It's pro- it's probably the best sports weekend we've had, like post COVID or middle oh, of COVID. Anything like 100%. it? It's one of the best sports weekends we've had in years. 
Um, first off, you had some phenomenal NFL games. You had uh, Friday and Saturday kind of weren't great in, in terms of MLB, but yesterday phenomenal uh, MLB games. Uh, you had college football going on, which was wild. Uh, obviously, you had some great high school football games Friday night. It was just a very, very good sports weekend all around, um, and especially in college football. Uh, it does feel like we're setting up for a bizarre 2021 season, almost a – I don't know if we're quite there yet, but it has the makings of potentially a 2007 season, which is still the wildest season in the history of college football. I mean, any any top three team that could lose did lose. I mean, it was the wildest season ever, and we're, we're kind of in the makings of that because really and truly there's only like one elite team, and that's Georgia, and they do have to play Kentucky this weekend, and Kentucky's pretty good. So uh, we saw Alabama go down on Saturday night, which was wild. Uh, that was crazy. Oh never in a million years would I have picked A&M to uh, upset Alabama simply because – A&M scored 10 points against Arkansas. They could not move the ball. Uh, They scored 7 points against Colorado. They could not move the ball. And then quite literally the week before, A&M coming off of a loss to Mississippi State, uh, and they really couldn't move the ball. Like, Calzada had not looked effective at quarterback. So Calzada came into the Colorado game uh, when their starter got hurt. They put 34 up on New Mexico, whatever. But in their league games, he had scored 10 and 22 points, and then on Saturday they went 41 to 38 over Alabama. So it it was a it was a bizarre it was a bizarre game, bizarre performance from Calzana. I mean, honestly, because if you're watching the game, I mean Calzana is like pinpointing passes. I mean, he is putting them in the right spot. He's throwing the, he's throwing into double coverage, tight roping it into double coverage, and still making the completion. That, um, that last pass before he went down with his knee injury, yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, just perfect textbook pass. He was uh, twenty one to thirty one for two hundred eighty five yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Meanwhile, uh, Bryce Young was twenty eight of forty eight. Uh, did not have a great day in terms of completion percentage, but did rack up a lot of yards. He had three hundred seventy passing yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. So. Bama fell to A&M, which drops them to number five in the AP poll. But the most interesting stat to come out of that, Bama had not trailed since the third game of the season last year when in the driving rainstorm in Oxford, them and Ole Miss got into a shootout. And at one point, Ole Miss led the game. That was the last time Bama trailed. 14 straight games for Bama where they did not trail That's until wild. Saturday night. That's wild. Um, a hundred straight game winning streak against unranked opponents was snapped. Uh, Nick Saban's perfect twenty four and zero record against former assistants was snapped. So a lot of things were. It was historic. It was historic, and now it's. Hey, Bama may very well run the tables and went out the rest of the way, but now there is at least a little bit of a question. Like, all right, who's who's going to win the West? Because it's not out of the realm of possibility to say Bama could lose one more to to an Auburn or to an Arkansas or. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's not. I mean, especially after that game. I will say Texas A&M, very, very lucky because they had two or three opportunities that they squandered very quickly. And Mechie for Alabama, I had to have had the most drops I've ever seen in a college football game. Yeah. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was also wild because Nick Saban was just so calm the whole time. Like, you never saw him get rattled on the sideline. He was just calm, very calm throughout the handshake, very calm throughout the whole game. So, it, it that was wild. Also, um, Texas A&M does not know anything about golf, apparently, because the famous comment from this summer at SEC Media Days was that uh, Jimbo said he was going to beat Nick Saban while he was still at Alabama. Nick Saban said him what? Golf? And so Texas A&M put out like a scorecard, a graphic with like a scorecard, like a golf scorecard at the end of the game. And it said the 12th man, 41, Big Al, 38, with 41 circled. It's like, I get that, the point, yeah. but also the highest score in golf oh, no. does not win. So oh, what are we doing no. here? <laughs> so that, anyways. That, that intern got fired. <laughs> uh, Penn State and Iowa, if you watched – I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I kind of caught bits and pieces. It's hard for me to watch the Big Ten because I know exactly what I'm going to get, I get like a 20-point slugfest, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it was. It was 23-20 Iowa over Penn State. Uh, I mean, unless it's Ohio State, I have a tough time watching the Big Ten just because it, like every other league in football has passed them by. But it was a good game. Penn State uh, it lost their first game. Iowa remains 6-0. and They're now uh, – I guess uh, number two in the country behind Georgia in the uh, AP poll. So that one was interesting. In terms of other college football games, uh, the 11 a.m. slate was probably the best slate of the day. Mainly uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, of course. But uh, OU comes back to beat Texas. Yeah, that was wild. That I was ready to write Oklahoma off. And in the process, Spencer Rattler gets benched. The preseason Heisman favorite was <laughs> benched in the game. And like he's not even on the sheet if you're talking about what are the odds to win the Heisman at this point because Rattler has underperformed expectations so far this season. Right. Uh, so he was replaced in the game, and then Texas blows this just huge lead to Oklahoma uh, to start the day on Saturday. So that one was – I mean, Texas was up, what, 28-7 to at the end of the first quarter? And something like that. Oklahoma outscored them uh thirty five to ten in the second half of play. Yeah, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. So uh anyways, that uh that was a uh, wild Texas a wild is not game. back. Texas is not back. Texas had looked good since they lost to Arkansas. I I mean I actually picked them to win this game. Uh, but they looked like they were going to. And then... Caleb Williams <laughs> is pretty good for, for Oklahoma. So I'm interested to see what happens. There in the Williams Spencer Rattler. I mean, battle. I would imagine he starts. Yeah, Rattler would too. just looked horrible. Yeah, uh, Georgia's still good. They beat Auburn to no surprise. the The big surprise in terms of Group of Five this week was that Boise State beat BYU. Uh, BYU was up to number ten of the country and looked like if if Cincinnati lost for some reason before the season was over, that BYU would get that group of five access poll because they had reeled off a couple of impressive wins. But Boise State beats BYU, and for all intents and purposes, BYU is out of having a shot at the group of five access poll. And they were still ranked, but they are not going to be the highest-ranked group of five team now after losing to uh, yeah after losing to Boise. So that one was... Uh, in terms of just a group of five action, that one was very interesting. Sunbelt wise, it was kind of a light weekend. Uh, Troy beat Georgia Southern twenty-seven to twenty-four on Saturday, and a little bit of a surpriser. Uh, South Alabama 
on the road, lost to Texas State 33-31 to in four overtimes. South Alec kind of been rolling um, and looked like the most improved program in the Sunbelt Conference this year with Kane Womack as head coach. And uh, they lost 33-31 to on Saturday. And then, to no one's surprise, Georgia State blew out uh, Yoel Monroe 55-21 to on Saturday. So, now to the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. <laughs> it was... Amazing. Outside of the 4th and 25 game, and it might be, but I've still yet to watch the 4th and 25 game. I'll never rewatch that game. But that's the only game I could see a legitimate argument for, that or the 7 overtime one in 2003. But that was the wildest game that I've seen in the Ole Miss Arkansas series. It, you go into the halftime, it's 21 to 14. Um, and you're like, okay, this one is, you know, Ole Miss has a lead by seven points. You figure Arkansas is going to come back, but. You know, thinking at the half, hey, this is probably like a 38-35 final, something like that. And, you know, both defenses hadn't played great, but, you know, they had been able to get stops when they needed to. And so felt like going into the locker room, like, hey, this will probably be a 35-31 game, something like that. Nope. 52-51, the second highest scoring game in the history of the Ole Miss-Arkansas series, the only other one was a 105-point effort in uh, the fourth and 25 game. But uh, – Maybe the best quarterback duel we'll get all year yeah. in the SEC, maybe in college football. Uh, K.J. Jefferson went off, uh, threw for 326 yards and three touchdowns. Matt Corral threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns. And then, if not for, I can't remember if it was in the third or the fourth quarter where Corral busted like a 20, 25-yard rush and they called it back with a holding penalty. If not for that, Corral would have been the third Ole Miss player to rush for over 100 yards on Saturday. So, it was... Uh, it was a great game. Uh, it was. It, it's interesting because being friends with both Ole Miss and Arkansas fans, we both kind of had the same sentiment of like we're losing this game, just get it over with. So it was interesting that literally everyone was on the pessimistic side of we're losing this game. It's, it's just going to happen. We're going to lose this game. I mean, so, it was an amazing game. I don't. I don't have anything else to say. I mean, it was just. It was wild. It, and it was wild. And so the the crazy thing was though. So when Ole Miss goes down and they score their last touchdown of the game in the uh, in the fourth quarter play, because they got the ball back uh, in the fourth, because they had been trading scores all throughout the second half of play, and two-play drive where Braylon Sanders catches a 68-yard touchdown right after K.J. Jefferson ran one in for 10 yards. It was like, oh, Lord, they left too much time. Like, I couldn't – for a second, I was happy, but then it's like, oh, no, they left too much time. Like, K.J. Jefferson and Arkansas are going to drive down the field to send us to overtime. And that's exactly what happened except for the overtime part because Arkansas decided to go for two, which I don't know. At that point, like, both teams are tired at that point. I mean, both of your defenses have been on, have been on the field for a long time. Both of your defenses have been able to stop anybody for a long time. And so at that point, it's like, let's just put it on the line and go for it. Uh, and as we know, I mean, Arkansas on the end didn't get it. But it was – I mean, I had no problem with that call. I thought it was – even just stepping back and not being a fan of either team in the game, I thought it was the right call in that situation. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if like the passing was the right call because Arkansas had been gashing Ole Miss with a run all game. But Yeah, that's – the play call is really where I had a problem. Yeah. But it just, uh, I mean, you go back and look at that series, like that type of game where it's just crazy, high scoring, 
that is the game Arkansas always wins in the series. And so for Ole Miss to go win that game, that was uh, that was really big, uh, especially coming off of the Bama game. So now it uh, it, it sets Arkansas up in uh, kind of a must-win bowl with Auburn this week. Auburn coming off the loss to Georgia. Arkansas has now dropped two in a row to Georgia and Ole Miss. So uh, that one will be interesting uh, this week. But uh, Well, it, when Ole Miss loses to Tennessee this weekend, it'll uh... – <laughs> As Kiffin says, bring out the popcorn. Get ready. <laughs> highest highest over under in SEC football history. I think it's I think the over under was like 85, 86, something oh, like that. Oh no, they have no faith in us. <laughs> yeah. But Ole Miss is only like a four point favorite, so I mean it's they're they're expecting a they're expecting like literally the same game from this weekend. Yeah, that's not happening. Just you a, guys are probably stomping. Just us. a shootout. <laughs> so no, it was a fun game. It was a fun atmosphere to be at. Uh, there were still we've talked about it on the show a lot, uh just the uh the attendance problem in college football. There were still empty seats, a lot of which was on, uh, you know, the Arkansas visitor section. Some of which was on the Ole Miss side, but it was a very good crowd, very loud on both sides. It was a fun atmosphere, a fun football game to be at, to be able to watch. And so, uh, I walked away really impressed with both offenses and thinking, "Good lord, both of these defenses are bad." But <laughs> I still think both of these teams can win eight or nine games. So it was, it was a very, it was a very, uh, it was a very fun game. So. That's uh, that's kind of a recap of uh, what went on in the uh, college football world this weekend. Uh, in terms of the AP poll, which came out yesterday, uh, there was a little bit of shakeup, but really nothing just super surprising given the results of uh, what happened this weekend. Georgia moved to one, Iowa to two, Cincinnati to three, and Oklahoma uh, stayed put at uh, – well, I guess they moved up two spots. They were down to six. So they moved up to four. Bama's now at five, and Ohio State is at six. So – uh, it's kind of interesting that you have now, let's see, four, five Big Ten teams in the top ten. I would love to know the last time that happened. It's probably been a while since we had five Big, yeah. ten, big ten teams in the top ten. But uh, Ole Miss moved up to 13, meanwhile Arkansas dropped down to 17. Um, and Arkansas is a five-point favorite over number 26 Auburn this weekend at um, D.W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. So it was a fun week of college football. Um, it continues to be a bizarre and crazy college football season around the country. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens next Saturday. Me too. Maybe Mississippi State goes and beats Alabama or Kentucky. That would, go, that Kentucky would be goes crazy. and beats Georgia or something. I don't think I could handle that. I don't know that could either. <laughs> All right, the MLB playoffs are going on. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in the MLB playoffs and much more coming up after this time out on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Bigger bonuses, increased starting pay. Linux Industries has 300 positions to fill and is now offering brand new seasonal shift incentives. Hiring bonuses from $2,000 for first shift and $2,500 for second shift. Starting pay from $1,525 on first to $16 per hour for second shift. Plus, excellent benefits including full medical benefits and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families and an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses. Increased starting pay up to $16 an hour. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com slash careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. Redwoods fans, this is your coach, Butch Jones, and it's football time in Jonesboro. We can't wait to see you pack the vault for six home games this fall. Hatcher steps up, going to keep it. Inside the 10, inside the 5 lane, Hatcher is into the end zone. 
Touchdown, Arkansas State! Help us lock the vault. Secure your seat now. Visit astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. New Wednesday on CBS. CSI, the global phenomenon, opens a brand new chapter in Las Vegas. If we don't get to the truth, nobody will. It's a new team of crime scene investigators. We're talking about my lab's reputation. Preserving justice in Sin City. Look at the evidence. New CSI Vegas, Wednesday, 10, 9 central on CBS. My husband, Alex Hesse, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol, and I stopped on the bomb. Lost my legs and left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb, and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life-changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. It's not too early to talk to your child about drinking. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on The Setup. Okay, Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on this Monday afternoon edition of the show. All right, so we've already seen one MLB game that was scheduled for today get postponed. Uh, I guess due to rain in the uh, Chicago area, White Sox and, uh, yeah, there's nothing but dark green in Chicago right now. But, uh White Sox and Astros are postponed. They were scheduled to play at 2.30 today, which we should have known at 9.17 a.m. this morning that at least one of the games today would get postponed because known baseball jinx, uh, Bob Nightingale, who I know zero baseball fans who actually like, uh, said this is the final day of the season where four games are scheduled on the same day. There can be no more than two games the same day the rest of this year's postseason. So savor and enjoy. There's now three games today and three games tomorrow. Wow. So there you go. To be expected. Uh, right now, Braves are up 3 nothing on the Brewers after uh, Jock Peterson at a home run in the uh, fifth inning of play. Uh, Braves have one on, one out in the bottom half of the uh, sixth inning uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers. So, in terms of the MLB playoffs, most of the games Friday and Saturday weren't just super competitive. Uh, Saturday, I mean, I guess Braves won 3 nothing over the Brewers, so that was at least a, a little bit of a closer game. But other than that, most of the games Friday and Saturday were just kind of blowouts and really not just super competitive baseball. But the MLB made up for it last night uh, with last night's slate. 
So Red Sox raise was absolutely insane last night. Uh, it was one of the toughest ways ever to lose a baseball game. We went to 13 innings, which, by the way, was fun to see extra innings baseball without a ghost runner on second. Felt like I was watching a real baseball game again. Uh, so that was that was nice. But uh, it so in the top half of the 13th, with the game tied up last night, tied up at uh, four all in the top half of the 13th, the Rays had a runner on second base and a ground rule double to right center meant that the runner from second could only advance one base to third. So runners on second and third and then a strikeout, which sounds pretty routine. Except for the fact that the ball was hit to right center. It hit off the dirt in right center, then hit off the leg of the Red Sox defender, and then bounced over the wall, and that was called a ground rule double. Even though the runner was already at home and uh, the, uh, the raised batter, was already in between second and third. It was called a ground rule double. So it put runners on second and third, two outs, and then a uh, a strikeout to end the inning meant that the Red Sox went to the bottom half of the 13th with the game still tied up at four. Interesting. It was, and as soon as it happened, you knew the game was over. It, right. it was, again, like I... I don't really know how to feel about it because it was such a wild, just crazy, only can happen in baseball play. Yeah. But I also feel like, and I know it's a ground rule double, I know it's the rule and whatever, but if you don't act, when the ball hit, it was a fair ball in fair territory and it was down on the ground. The only reason it went over the fence is because it hit off the Red Sox right fielder. I just don't feel like that should be a ground rule double. Yeah. I don't think so. And either. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if you say, all right, he was at third, so he stops at third and the runner scores. But I I don't know. It's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing that only happens like once in a blue moon, but I still hate it that it was a ground rule double. Because as soon as that happened, you knew the game was over, and that's exactly what happened uh in the uh in the bottom half of the thirteenth, uh because uh Of course that happens in that game. Yeah, I mean it's it, just it's just yeah. yeah, I mean it was um I mean <laughs> you knew what was about to happen um uh, as soon as as soon as that call was made. Uh it was Christian Vasquez who was in the game pinch hitting and he had some moonshot over the uh green monster to win the game. Uh but again, like it 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 was a, it was a good game. It was a good atmosphere. It was good to see an extra innings baseball game without ghost runners. I do find myself kind of rooting against the Rays, even though I really like their core and and, and I really like Wander Franco. And Wander Franco made a really good play last night, but I just can't like them because of their stadium. I know that's like petty, but I just <laughs> I can't like them because of their stadium. Uh, so that was one game last night. The other game, uh, it took two and a half hours to play the first four innings of White Sox and Astros, but it was insane. Uh, I, I really love the White Sox blackout. I think that's one of the coolest atmospheres in postseason baseball. Uh, and so Astros go up five to one, and just the amount of deflation in that stadium was so obvious because the Astros are already up two nothing in the series. They're up five one, and it's like, all right, uh, 
the White Sox are supposed to be this team that comes out of the AL and they're going to get beat in the first round. And then from that point, they outscored them 11-1 to the rest of the game. Which is so, wild. It's crazy. Which was crazy. And then after the game, Ryan Tapera said uh, he thinks that the Astros have been stealing signs, and that's why they were able to win tonight at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago because he thinks when they're at home they've been stealing signs. So Ryan, so Ryan Tapera, uh, White Sox reliever, threw out a, a haymaker to uh, the uh, Houston Astros if they last get, night. If they get caught again – yeah, which which again, there's no like, there's no physical proof that's happening. Right, I mean, I wouldn't right, put it, right. I wouldn't put it past them because we've already seen what. Uh, Dude, if they get caught again, they just they can't be a team anymore. Something has to happen. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, Dusty Baker said. Dusty Baker called him heavy accusations, uh, and kind of denied them. Uh, and so Ryan Tapera's official quote was, obviously they have a reputation for doing some sketchy stuff over there, and we could say it's a little bit of a difference. I think you saw the swings and misses tonight compared to the first two games at Minute Maid. Uh, the Astros struck out 16 times in uh, the game last night, uh, which was their total from the first two games combined at Minute Maid Park. So 16 combined strikeouts in the first two games at Minute Maid Park to 16 strikeouts in one game at Guaranteed Rate Field. And it's like, that, you know, maybe uh, he has maybe he has a little yeah, bit of a point. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's 100 percent accurate. I'm just saying he has a little bit of. There's a, point. a little validity to that statement. That yeah, that's a big number to jump from. Yes, yes. I mean, you're averaging eight a game, and so you're going to average eight more than your average in one game. That's that's a huge, huge, oh, huge, no. huge, huge number. Oh, no. I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, so today, Braves and Brewers going on right now. Uh, Astros and Sox will be played tomorrow. Uh, I think that's still like a 2.30 first pitch tomorrow. Uh, Rays at Red Sox tonight at 6.07. Boston leads 2-1 to one of that. And Giants and Dodgers at 8.37. The series is tied at 1. Although both games in the series haven't been particularly close. The Dodgers have a blowout win and the Giants have a blowout win. So maybe tonight... Uh, the game can be a uh, the game could be a little bit close. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll recap the NFL weekend. We'll check in on some A State. Check in on anything we missed uh, as we're halfway home on a Monday setup. After this, on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks. We've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including the Front Row with Budro, RWRC Radio, the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, the Setup, and the Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 1041 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. Hello, this is Bob Moore with More Air Conditioning. Heating issues when the temperature drops interrupt your life in more ways than one. We're here to help. When you need your heating system repaired, you need it fast. Get more assurance with the More Same Day Guarantee. We'll send a licensed and trained technician to your home the same day you call or you don't pay a service fee. That's the More Assurance Guarantee. Creating comfort one home at a time. Call More Air Conditioning today, 870-336-2023. Play it again, sports wants to pay you money. 
Now that I have your attention. Played Against Sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Played Against Sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Played Against Sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Played Against Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud. Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology. You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. The Storehouse has a new location, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, and they have everything for your business. Office supplies, office furniture, fireproof files, printer towers and ink, break room supplies, cleaning supplies, bathroom supplies, self-inking stamps, printing, and so much more. The Storehouse offers free delivery, and you can order online or over the phone if you need. The Storehouse, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, or call 870-972-6360. Put your business in the hands of the experts at The Storehouse today. It's the quickest hour in sports. Sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Just over halfway home on a Monday edition of the show here on the ticket. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. Uh, by the way, uh, J.R. Smith made his collegiate golf debut today. Uh, carded seven seven bogeys and a double bogey to finish out with an 81 uh, plus seven, just six spots above last place, although he started with two birdies in his first five holes. So uh, there's there's that. J.R. Smith is now a collegiate golfer just a few years away from winning an NBA Finals. So, what a boy. Uh, nice. What, uh, what, a, what a story in the uh, sports world. Uh, anyways, so that's uh, that uh, went on earlier this morning. Yesterday, by the way, just an all-time great sports weekend. Uh, Saturday was an all-time great college football day. It, it's a little bizarre to me that Ole Miss-Arkansas was the game it was, and you could argue that it was probably like the fourth or fifth best game of the day on Saturday. Uh, and it was, just a, it was just an all-time great college football day and one of those that just really and truthfully doesn't come, come around very often. And then yesterday in the NFL, it was kind of equally as crazy. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Uh, you start off with Falcons Jets at 8.30 in the morning, which precisely like 10 people watched. But the 12 o'clock slate was, was insane yesterday because you had Packers and you had Bengals, which, phenomenal matchup. I mean, you have... Aaron Rodgers, who is on the back end of his career, maybe the last year, two years, three years, or whatever, against arguably the future of the NFL, or one of the one of the guys that's the future in the NFL in Joe Burrow. Yeah. And so you have this great quarterback matchup. And so, you know, you expect 
a lot of points scored uh, in this game. Except for the fact that there were five missed field goals in this game. It was tied up at 22-22 after the Bengals scored a touchdown with uh, 327 to go in the fourth quarter of play. The Packers proceeded to miss a field goal. Then the Bengals missed a field goal. And then to close regulation, the Packers missed a field goal. So three straight missed field goals sends it to overtime. Joe Burrow uh, throws an interception on his first pass in overtime. The Packers go nowhere offensively. They call on Mason Crosby again. What does he do? Misses a field goal. Misses a field goal. (laughs) The Bengals get the ball back. They drive down the field. They get to Green Bay's 22-yard line, or 32-yard line. And on fourth and one, rather than just like rolling the dice and saying, hey, we're going for it. Our kicker hasn't made anything. They call out their kicker for a 49-yard field goal, and it's no good. So the Packers get the ball back. The Packers drive down inside the 30, or inside the 35 at the 32-yard line. They call on Mason Crosby for a 49-yard field goal. And Crosby, after missing three straight field goals, finally delivers, and the Packers win the game 25-22 in overtime. It was a bizarre, bizarre Probably, NFL Probably, I game. would argue, one of the most exciting, but also one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's just like, I, why am I still watching you're this? Like, why, was, why are we still doing this field goal thing? So just go I, for points. I was watching Red Zone, and it kept flipping to another game. I'm like, oh, Packers won it. And then it flips back, and the guy's yes. like, Mason Crosby missed again. And I'm like, score from far. <laughs> score from far. Let's let's stop with this field goal business. Let's score from far. Uh, so, so that bad. was that was an interesting game. Tom Brady went off yesterday against the Dolphins. Poor Dolphins. Uh, Brady just had a monster performance yesterday. He threw for 411 yards, five touchdowns, zero interception, and he was 30 of 41. Yeah, so he, he went looked, off. He looked really if, good yesterday. I will say, if you for some reason started Miles Gaskin. You are loving your life. He had 31 points. <laughs> uh, he was on my bench, and I'm like, there's no way. He he averages five points a game. Had 31. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Urban and the Jags are now off to 0-5. Uh, he's still taking no accountability for the way his team is going. and continues to be a dumpster fire. And now the Jags are in London this week playing in the NFL London series. So I do wonder if the Jags are going to lane Kiffin him and leave him on the tarmac in uh, London after, if they drop to 0-6. so funny. I would lie. Uh, that would be incredible. That would be a total storybook ending. Right so, there. so the, uh, the the noon slate yesterday was good, and then you get to uh, then you get to Browns Chargers, which that was, was probably the game of the year, probably the game of the year in the NFL. I struggle to think of another one so far that has been as good, and I struggle to think of one that's going to be as good throughout the rest of the NFL. That was. Uh, that was an amazing game. It, it, it's a battle of two young quarterbacks who have a chance to be the future of the NFL. And Baker Mayfield played great. Justin Herbert played great. I mean, Herbert threw for almost 400 yards. Baker Mayfield threw for 305 yards. Uh, a game that went down to the very end. The Browns turn it over on downs there at the end, and the Chargers get it back. But that was that was such a fun game. It was, yeah, it was super exciting. Yesterday. I was really surprised because the Browns' defense until then looked pretty solid. Yeah. But their secondary was just getting torched. And, I mean, it was wild. I will say, going on more fantasy gripes, Mike Williams was a beast. Yeah, he was very good. He was on my bench. Caught a couple touchdowns, yeah. He was on my bench. He was, the Chargers looked <laughs> very good. Uh, and then 
the last game of the night, it was weird because it got a lightning delay, rain delay at halftime, and both teams were in the tunnel for like an hour, hour and a half, and it was very weird. But yeah. the Bills are legit. Patrick Mahomes does not look like Patrick Mahomes. He threw three interceptions in the game last night, and uh, the, the Bills the Bills looked the Bills didn't look. I mean, the Bills just looked like the better team last night. There was. No question about it, who the best team on that field was. And then you had um, Dawson Knox, who was not allowed to catch touchdowns at college because of Phil Longo, uh, catching a touchdown last night, looking really good at that uh, tight end spot for the Bills. So it was a uh, it was a great day in the NFL yesterday. Tonight uh, we get Colts at Ravens on Monday Night Football, uh, which should be an entertaining game. But uh, all in all, like it, one of the better football weekends I can remember in a while. Yeah, it was wild. I feel bad for the Giants. Daniel Jones and yeah. Saquon going down. Yeah, Tank and Aries, Tony. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they had, yeah, they're banged they're up. done. They're done. They're banged up. But no, I mean it. Just overall, though, a really really fun football weekend, and hopefully uh, this one will uh, this next one will be just as good. All right, we'll check in on a state uh, and see what's going on there. Some injury updates to report with football. Some NFL Red Wolves were in action yesterday, so uh, we'll get to that. Close out the show after this timeout here on the ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Soybean prices back down. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. December corn at 533, up two and a half, with March corn at 542 and a quarter, up two and three quarters. November soybeans at 1228 and a quarter, down 14 and three quarters, with January soybeans at 1239 and three quarters, down 14 and a half. December wheat at 731 and three quarters, down two and a quarter, with March wheat at 745 and a half, down one and three quarters. December cotton at 109.79, down 81, with March cotton at 107.24, down 67. November rice, 13.78, up four and a half cents, with January rice also up four and a half to 14.06. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle at 125.62 and a half up five, with December live cattle at 130.17 and a half down seven and a half. October feeder cattle at 159.32 and a half down 15, with November feeder cattle at 161.72 and a half up 57 and a half. October lane hogs at 89.95 down 30, with December lane hogs at 80.17 and a half down 132 and a half. That's your EAB market countdown brought to you by Pico Foods. Now buying corn and Milo direct from local farmers in Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Mississippi. Attention farmers. Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and Milo. Pico Foods purchases year-round and always at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers, so they buy corn and Milo from farmers' bins at competitive prices year-round. Call today. In Arkansas, David Durham or James Chester at 870 20 in Alabama and Mississippi, contact Greg Bird or John Taylor Hickman, 601-670-9383. Red Wolves fans, this is your coach, Butch Jones, and it's football time in Jonesboro. We can't wait to see you pack the ball for six home games this fall. Hatcher steps up, got to keep it. Inside the 10, inside the 5, Lane Hatcher is into the end zone. Touchdown, Arkansas State! Help us lock the vault. Secure your seat now. Visit astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. 
Hey folks, Clark St. Chris with Harris Ford. If you're currently in the need of a car, truck, or SUV, please come to Harris Ford and view our vast selection of new and programmed Ford cars, trucks, and SUVs. Plus, an unmatched selection of used vehicles in tip-top shape with really low miles. President Awards service at Harris Ford, exit 85 off of Highway 67 at Newport. You'll like what we do. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. FindSomethingNew.org offers resources that help develop new skills. Skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Find your path to a new career at FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. About 10 more minutes or so to go on a Monday edition of the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. In the midst of an A-State football off week, which feels kind of weird because we've gotten on this schedule in terms of just daily content on our shows. And so it feels kind of weird to not have uh, an A-State football game to talk about. But uh, A-State will be back in action next Thursday against uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette at home. Uh, there were some A-State teams in action this weekend. Uh, volleyball won 3-1 to one at ULM last night, so they're now second in the Sunbelt West. Meanwhile, A-State, to- A-State soccer is now atop the Sunbelt uh, at 5-1 to one in the league. They won 3-1 to one at UALR last night. Uh, so some good results for volleyball and soccer, soccer this weekend for A-State. Um uh, some bad results in terms of uh, football, as Butch Jones announced that uh, on the uh, coaches' show last night over on uh, KAIT. James Blackman is out indefinitely. Uh, defensive lineman Terry Hampton is out for the season. But the good news was that Sammy Johnson is now day-to-day. All tests have come back negative. Uh, it was more of a precautionary-type deal with Sammy Johnson as to why he was uh, carted off the field on Thursday night. So that is... That's the best news that could have come out of that situation because definitely just the way it just the optics of it looked looked very very bad and uh, you when you see that kind of happen you you just your mind kind of goes to the worst place so thankfully uh, everything is good there um, and hopefully Sammy Johnson will be back in action uh, next Thursday night when A State takes on uh, ULO I do wonder how much the off week is going to help for A State. Uh, I'm still not convinced, and maybe tomorrow night it'll change when Lafayette plays App. I'm still not convinced that Lafayette is nearly as good as the preseason expectations led people to believe they are. So I do wonder how much the off week is going to help A-State. Because, I mean, you're kind of at a – you're at 1-5 right now. Uh, You would think if – you know, you go and lose to Lafayette that the last four games of the year you're going to see a lot of freshmen in the fold uh, just because, I mean, you have those four games and you can still redshirt them and kind of see where your program's at going into the off season. So uh, I do wonder what uh, what A-State will look like coming out of the off week uh, next week. But uh, we'll, uh, 
we're still almost two weeks away from the next time A-State plays. So we'll talk more A-State as uh, the this week and next week goes along. In terms of NFL Red Wolves yesterday, it was cool to see uh, J.D. McKissick and Demario Davis in action. There actually is a picture. Uh, I think the Washington football team was the one that posted it. But uh, J.D. McKissick and Demario Davis, both former Arkansas State football players, did a jersey swap at the end of the game, so that was cool to see. Uh, Demario has been phenomenal for the Saints this year. Uh, he was second on the team in tackles yesterday with eight tackles, five solo, also had a sack and a tackle for loss, uh, and got to the quarterback three total times. So Demario had a really good day yesterday. Uh, J.D. McKissick wasn't as much in the fold. He had two rushes and then one catch for eight yards, but uh, did see a few snaps yesterday for uh, the uh, Washington football team. So that was cool to see those two uh, on the same field yesterday as uh, both continued to uh, tear it up in the NFL. In terms of uh, other Red Wolves in the NFL, we did see Forrest Merrill a little bit more in action yesterday in that uh, Chargers and Browns game. Uh, he... Uh, he did not. Uh, he recorded two tackles, uh, one of which was solo and played significantly more snaps than he played uh, in the Chargers' last game. So, two weeks ago, Merrill recorded his first tackle in that in that Raiders game, but kind of came on late on uh, Monday Night Football and got his first tackle. Was able to get two tackles yesterday and played significantly more snaps on the defensive line for the Chargers. Um, so that was interesting to see. It is funny because. If you do just a name search for Forrest Merrill on Twitter, uh, a lot of what it is is Charger fans just begging for him to play more on that defensive line. So uh, it is uh, it is funny that uh, it's not only A-State fans, but it's also Chargers fans as well that are like, hey, let's play Forrest Merrill more. So uh, <laughs> those were the three guys in action yesterday for A-State in the NFL. So that was, uh, that was, uh, that was fun to see. Yeah, it's um, cool to see. On uh, Saturday. By the way, uh, 3-0 Braves in the bottom of the seventh inning still. Brewers have yet to score. Jocktober. Jocktober, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it is crazy. I would love to know, and maybe I'll do this tomorrow and just kind of try and figure it out. I would love to know the combined batting averages, on-base percentage, home runs, and... Uh, OPS of all the former Cubs in the postseason. Yeah, that'd be because interesting. Because Schwarber's hit a home run, Rizzo's hit a home run, Chris Bryant's hit a home run, now Jock Peterson's hit a home run. They've all been on base a lot. They've all contributed to their teams a lot. I mean, it's it's the postseason of guys that used to wear a Chicago Cubs uniform. I would love <laughs> to know what their aver- combined averages are over the postseason. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Did you see Jock at the home run with uh, Rizzo's bat? Was that today? Yeah. He hit it with Rizzo's bat today? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was Rizzo's bat. I saw the home run, but I didn't realize it was... It was. It just popped up on my phone when you were talking. Rizzo's bat. Hmm. Interesting. By the way, A&M was fined $100,000 for storming the field that's, on Saturday. That's crazy to me. That is... Like, I think who, that's who the cares? dumbest rule in the SEC. It's only a way for the SEC to make more money. Um, yeah, they saw the storm in the field. Everyone's like, this is crazy. And the SEC's at home rubbing their hands like, oh, and boy. I, and I don't know, because I don't watch. I, I'm kind of burnt out on Clemson. They become insufferable to me. So I don't watch them unless they're playing a big game. And this year they aren't playing any big games because they aren't very good. But pre-pandemic, 
it was Clemson's tradition to rush the field after every win. I mean, they could have beaten Nichols State, and they were going to rush the field after every win. And they don't get fined for it. So I'm still kind of puzzled as to why the SEC is such sticklers on rushing the field. It used to field. not be a big deal. Yeah. I think it was when people started taking down goalposts that it was a thing. But like, but that barely, but that very that rarely, rarely happens. Did it. Yeah, it happened once, and yeah. everyone crowdfunded for a new one, and they raised more money than the goalpost was even worth. Yeah. So, so it, like... It, it makes no sense. Fans get like this is this is them celebrating their team, and you're going to take that away from the team. Like the yeah. team can't even control that. It's just, yeah, it's kind of dumb. I, is the SEC the only league that does this? I, as Maybe far the as Big I've Twelve. Seen, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen the Big Twelve do it. Yeah, it, it was funny. If you haven't listened to the radio call, Bama's radio call the lost A and M, and it's it's kind of epic. Uh, because you can tell it just as a fan base and just everything as a whole like Bama's not used to losing football games and um oh not at all Eli Gold who is fantastic and one of the better play-by-play guys ever um had the call and uh after the game had gone final like you know he said the field goal was good and there was like this long dramatic like one minute pause and you could hear the crowd noise from the crowd mic and it was you know everyone's going crazy and he's like and Texas A&M is going to get fined a hundred thousand dollars for this as they beat Bama tonight. It's like, what are you like? Why are we talking about yeah, this? It's, uh, he's just a sore loser. I mean, he did that in the or someone did that for the Iron Bowl when Auburn returned that kickoff, and uh, I just remember he goes, "The returns back," and then it's just silent, and you hear the crowd <laughs> getting louder, and then he's like, "And Auburn yeah. has won the football game." <laughs> it, it'll like it'll so never quiet. beat the uh, and Auburn's going to win the football game. Call. Auburn going to win the football game. <laughs> yeah, that that's still the best. It's, it's still the best. So good. Still the best play by play call ever. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like actually a good play by play call, but it's still the best play by play. It call rings ever. in my ears every yeah. time I hear Auburn. It's it's just iconic. Like <laughs> it's just it is it is one of those that is just super iconic. It's making me laugh just thinking about it. So um, good. So that's kind of what uh, has been uh, going on in the sports world. By the way, Juju Smith-Schuster to have surgery, going to miss four months. He's out for the season, so that's a big blow to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But more time for tic- more time for TikTok. I was Juju. about to say. Uh, in terms of SEC news, LSU has lost their top wide receiver. Uh, Skashan Boutte is out for the season due to a leg injury, so that um, that makes the uh, Ed Orgeron situation there a lot more interesting as they have. Florida at home and Ole Miss on the road in the next two weeks before they have a bye week and then face Alabama. So that uh, that uh, Coach O's on the hot seat. That bye week sure. is going to be notification time. Just have your uh, have your tweet notification yeah, turn on for, on. for uh, college football national writers on that uh, that bye week because it could get uh, very interesting. Also, here's here's my question, and I. I researched this last night, and I still didn't get a good answer to it. I was watching Astro Sox last night after Red Sox Rays went off. Uh, because at that point, the Sox had kind of started to come back, and it was a fun competitive game. Why does Dusty Baker wear batting gloves and sweatbands when he's in the dugout managing? I have yet to find yeah, an answer to it. I don't know. That's I don't know if weird. it's like some superstitious thing or what the deal is. But like I, I searched through Google last night. Have yet to find an answer to that question. <laughs> trying to find a forum about this. Like yes, that's, I'm just that's crazy. I'm just trying to find out what the answer is here. There's some weird stuff that goes on. Like spec- it, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's 
Base, and I love baseball, but sometimes baseball players are weird with their superstitions. And that goes up to the manager now, I guess. I too. feel like there's a lot of athletes that have weird superstitions, honestly. Yeah. But, may, yeah, baseball, you're right. There's a lot more. Yeah. So that's, uh, that was uh, that was kind of interesting to see last night. By the way, the, the White Sox blackout, I do think, is one of the coolest things in MLB postseason. Uh, I just – because, like, the, they're the only team that does that. It's like mm-hmm. – Everyone can have rally towels, or everyone can wear white, but nobody else in the MLB wears black and just has a blackout in the stadium. Yeah. It is, it's a very cool atmosphere. And obviously they haven't done it in a while because they haven't been you know, in the postseason in a while with fans. So it, uh, it's a very, very cool atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. So that uh, they'll play tomorrow against the Astros as that one got rained out today. Uh, by the way, in terms of just uh, – college football games this weekend so on sunday afternoon all the lines come out for the upcoming weekend uh and that's where we saw Ole miss tennessee is like the highest uh over under in the history of the sec kentucky's now up to number 11 in the country they pretty much handled business against lsu it was never really a game on saturday they're a 24 and a half point dog to georgia on saturday wow that that's I mean, that disrespectful just, that is that's Vegas telling me that nobody is close to Georgia. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I Kentucky's think, good. I don't some, think a lot of people are – I don't think enough people are putting respect on that's Kentucky. That's what I'm saying. I think Vegas good. just kind of disrespects teams sometimes. I mean, Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky's legitimately, legitimately good. I agree. So, anyways, that's a wrap on the show today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Going to have a chance to check in with Curtis Wilkerson, recap a crazy Saturday in Oxford from Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh, that and much more coming up tomorrow on The Drive with Brad Bobo. Next from 3 to 6. The front row with Budrow, 7 to 10. Red Wolf Roll Call from 10 to 12. And the Workday Red Zone from 12 to 2 tomorrow. Get you back to us from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Hey, this is Nathan from Thomas Express Car Wash, and we want you to come join our team.